You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lamar, I know it's tough, dog. I know you're working on it. Hopefully, are we going to get it done? Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is that we have a deadline tomorrow at 4 o'clock uh, to put the tag on. And, and I know today uh, and up until about 3.30 tomorrow, uh, a lot of energy is going to be put, be utilized in trying to get the deal done. And if not, we will put the franchise tag on him. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. That's Ozzie Newsome of the Ravens talking about the future of Lamar Jackson, the agentless Lamar Jackson. And I just can't help but think about it, Paul Aspen, that that is such a hindrance for him. Only because, you know, you can't really get a deal done there, they, you, because you need somebody to go out there and, and sort of, uh, you know, campaign for yourself. See Derek Carr, how he's able to get in his PR people to get momentum for, for us. And let's bring in our buddy Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus uh, to get into this more. Brad, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing well, yeah. We just heard from Ozzy Newsome. Uh, Four o'clock today, deadline to franchise tag, and it looks like Lamar's going to get tagged if they can't uh, get a deal. He wants the Sean Watson kind of money. But I do find intriguing, without an agent, the Ravens are almost kind of helping themselves by putting them in a non-exclusive franchise tag. Uh, they definitely would not be helping themselves. Uh, you know, if you go the non-exclusive route, then other teams can sign him to an offer sheet. And I think what they're thinking and we're trying to put out in the media a little bit because you mentioned the no agent. That's a big part of it is just kind of controlling narratives. But what happens there is other teams can sign him to an offer sheet. And in their mind, maybe they're thinking, okay, no one else will give him the full guarantees that he's looking for, that he wants to you know, emulate Deshaun Watson. Someone will. I mean, some team is desperate enough to do that, and all you have to do is give up two first-round picks if you do that, and Lamar Jackson would get more than two first-round picks in any other trade. So I would be very, very surprised um, if they don't go the exclusive tag route today. If they don't, I don't think he's a Baltimore Raven, you know, unless, unless they match an offer sheet that they're currently not willing to offer, which would be kind of strange. Yeah, it almost you almost get the feeling, um, and, and Paul, you can jump in here. You almost get the feeling that they're almost calling his bluff. They're like, "You think you're worth this? Well, I don't think you can get it out there, and maybe they, you know other teams can do the work for them." 
And that, I think, is if they do go that route, that's what they're hoping is, okay, no one else is going to offer you this money. Everyone else in the league is going to view this one contract as a complete outlier. It also doesn't help that, look, let's say you had a big power agent that starts calling other teams to gauge interest on offer sheets. Those teams would know this agent. They've worked with them in the past. Instead, it's him and his mom, or they're going to start calling up different teams across the NFL and saying, hey, nice to meet you. My name is Lamar Jackson. You probably remember talking to me during the 2018 draft cycle. I'd love to come for your play for you guys, and I want you to give me $250 million fully guaranteed at signing. It's a bit more complicated. So, yes, they're hoping, they're hoping everyone else says, eh, we also don't agree with Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns and what they did here, but I just think some team will be desperate enough to actually go that route and, and give him, you know, a, another precedent-shattering type of contract. Yeah, Paul. I think we're I think we're having some uh, some audio problems with Paul. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead, I guess, and, and say. What what is it about Lamar Jackson? What why are you know, I you don't want to say disrespect, but why is it that the Ravens have drawn a line in the sand with this, and it's almost like you're 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 ostracizing your player with this? Why are they not going to give him that kind of a deal? Other than the obvious yeah, that, that, so, that that's a lot of money, right? So the the thing here is. Watson was in a one-of-one one situation where we saw a player, a top-10 quarterback in his prime, you know, in his mid-20s, that effectively became a free agent. Because he had the no-trade clause and because his incumbent team, the Houston Texans, had said, all right, we're going to move on. We no longer want him on our team. He became a free agent. Never in the history of the NFL has a 20-something quarterback that we view as a top-10 quarterback ever actually been a free agent. What happens is they ask for these crazy numbers. The team says, okay, we'll place a franchise tag on you, and we'll just continue working after those tags come through, right? So he had leverage that we've never seen and may never see again. It's very unfortunate why he had that leverage, but he did. And so that's the thing. So look, Deshaun Watson had $230 million fully guaranteed at signing. The second highest in NFL history is $101.5 million to Aaron Rodgers. So Watson gets more than double that number. And we hear all this chatter of how the owners didn't like it. One owner in particular went on the record in front of reporters and said, I wish this didn't happen. I wish it wasn't Watson who got this deal. I don't like that this changes precedence on contracts. That owner was Ravens owner Steve Bishotti. Uh, who at the owners' meetings last year said, you know, this is a bad deal for the NFL, and I think a lot of owners agree with it. So, Brad, with Lamar or not, like, let's look at the, and obviously a big piece, but looking at the AFC North, like, what is, talk to me about the rest of the Ravens roster. Like, what kind of position are they in? Obviously, we're seeing the the comments from Rashad Bateman on Twitter with Eric DaCosta. It seems like there's a little uneasiness there, but... Obviously, Lamar being the most important piece, but as far as needs for the rest of that roster, and kind of want to tie this to the Saints as well with Derek Carr, right? You got the the quarterback, but how are some of these rosters around these quarterbacks constructed and some of the other needs that some of these teams need to at least like revamp or otherwise to compete? Um, now they've got a quarterback in New Orleans or depending on what they do in Baltimore. 
So outside of quarterback, if hypothetically Lamar is not there, you know, receiver for them. So since Lamar was drafted, we have their receiving core, just wide receivers, not tight ends, of course, as dead last in PFF wins above replacement that they've generated by themselves. So it's been an issue the entire time he's been there. Rashad Baden is a good player, but obviously has not stayed healthy, and he clearly doesn't think that's entirely his fault. Um, had a lot of players agree with him, uh, both current and former, you know, Ravens. Uh, so, you know, I think that says a lot. Um, otherwise, I think you got to replace Marcus Peters, their number two cornerback. I think is going to be a big need for them. Can they maybe get him back in the fold? Do they want to coming off the injury? Uh, but that's a big spot for them as well. And then New Orleans, you know, if they do move on from Michael Thomas, I think there's now a small window of opportunity. They'd have to get a new deal done with him in a week. But if they don't, Chris Olave is a great young player, had a phenomenal rookie season, but beyond him, you have Rashid Shahid, Taysom Hill, um, you know, I think Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for probably six plus games at this point, so you also need weapons there, and then interior defensive line for the New Orleans Saints, um, David Onyemata is a free agent, their best player along the interior, Shai Tuttle, a contributor is a free agent, that's a glaring need for them as well. Yeah, and, you know, Saints right now plus 130 to win that division. And, again, Derek Carr almost finds himself as almost like Geno Smith as, as the top dog in a division that doesn't have quarterbacks, uh, you know, really at, at, in, a, in a sort of structured way as of today. All right, speaking of quarterbacks, the one domino that we've been expecting to fall still hasn't fallen. He's emerged from the darkness. It's Aaron Rodgers. We're hearing that there has been some talk with the Jets. We're hearing that the Packers want Rodgers back, but only if he promises to be a good boy. Where where does this all where does this all shake out? To me, there's two things in life you can't have enough of: money and time. I don't see him walking away from sixty million dollars in Green Bay. Yeah, I don't either. You know, there have been <clears throat> rumblings that maybe we're not taking the retirement, you know, consideration seriously enough. I've heard that from people I trust and respect, but I'm with you. I mean, $60 million fully guaranteed dollars, even though he's made over 200 in his career, that's a lot of money. Look, I thought he was going to return to Green Bay for the most part, but the report last night that he as an individual, not his agents, not the team, talked with the New York Jets is very meaningful to me. When you let a player discuss directly with another club, he obviously has connections to that building with Nathaniel Hackett and some other guys, but that's a huge signal to me that, hey, the Green Bay Packers, as some reporters have said, you know, Bob McGinn and a couple others, they almost want to move on at this point and would hope that Rodgers would, would be okay with a trade and help facilitate a trade. I think that for the first time the entire offseason, him discussing with a club directly I now think he's going to become a New York Jet, you know, by the end of this week, potentially. So I guess I was thinking of the other option. If if the Jets don't get Rodgers, then what do they do? Because, like, they have the rest of the roster looks like it's built to win now. Whereas, like, and then if he does end up back in Green Bay, they obviously have a lot of work to do on the defensive side, you know, 27th in EPR per play on defense. So, so again, kind of just how you would play it either way. Like if the, let's start with the Jets. If they don't get Rodgers, which you think they will, what do they do then? Yeah, they put all their eggs in that basket. They obviously did make a strong pitch to Derek Carr, but I think Carr was using them as leverage with the Saints for the most part, uh, and that obviously looked, looked to have played out yesterday. But I think you go to like a veteran like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously has connections to Robert Sala, you know, the, the head coach, but you know, is that a bit of an underwhelming offseason after all the names that were getting floated around? I would argue yes. Garoppolo, again, just cannot stay healthy. Been an issue for him basically his entire career at this point. Um, but with the Jets sitting at pick 13, 
I don't think they're going to make some massive trade-up, especially because they've done that. They've gone the top early pick rookie route, and it's failed miserably two times in a row now. So, yeah, I think they're in kind of that that mid-tier Jimmy Garoppolo sweepstakes. And I guess you just hope, like you said, I do think it's a phenomenal roster outside of quarterback, and maybe they can win 10-11 games with Jimmy G. Down here in Miami, Brad, and we're talking to Brad Spielberger of, of Pro Football Focus. Down here in Miami – the Tom Brady to the Dolphins rumors is starting to percolate again. We know Stephen Ross is the Michigan man who's bankrolling the, the, the football program at Michigan, has not been shy about spending any money. Tom is not going to become a broadcaster next year. He's taking a year off. Is there any – have you heard anything about him coming First of all, coming back, let alone setting foot in South Florida. The one thing I have heard that I think is somewhat related is you mentioned Stephen Ross. And I had someone tell me I was at the combine this past week in Indianapolis. And they didn't say it in reference to Brady, but they said Stephen Ross being 85 years old is an underrated, very big factor in everything they're doing right now. Like they do not care about, you know, trading away draft picks, about spending a ton of money on a bunch of different players. He wants to win. He wants to have a legitimate contender while he can still watch the team, right? So I think he'll try. The Michigan connection is real. Obviously, you know, Brady and Sean Payton were apparently trying to go there and and, and finagle their way down to Miami at one point. Um, He lives in Miami or his kids go to school in Miami, so all that makes sense. I haven't heard anything personally, but I have said until Tom Brady is not walking out of the field in week one, I don't believe he's retired. Uh, maybe that's just my, you know, my own brain wanting to see him play, but, but that's how I feel. Brad, with free agency a week away, so we talk, let's talk a couple NFC darlings. So Lions just missed the playoffs. Down the favorites in the NFC North. Uh, Seahawks still 5-1 in the NFC West, but they got Geno back in the mix. So as far as roster construction, how would you build? What are the biggest needs for you that you think these teams will go after for? Defense, obviously an issue for both last year um, as we approach free agency and or the draft so that maybe we see them live up to the, the Lions as the NFC North favorite or the Seahawks if they can get back to the playoffs. Yeah, it helps that both have two top 20 picks in this year's draft. That obviously will go a long way in adding some impact players. Uh, I think for the Detroit Lions, again, interior defensive line, and then basically the entire secondary um, is a need for them. Their offense is great last year. Their defense was horrendous. And, and I think I'm not even really blaming Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator. The talent was just simply not there. So you'll get some growth from young players like an Aiden Hutchinson, like a Josh Pascal, you know, Kirby Joseph came on. Tracy Walker is a good safety if he can get healthy. But the corners, you know, Jeff Okuda had some good tape. But, you know, is he going to be a top play up to that number three overall pick billing? It looks like no. I think you need to add some corners there, add some beef on the interior. As for Seattle, I mean, all their draft class last year was phenomenal. And it looks like they hit on both tackles. looks like they hit on two starting cornerbacks. I think you would want a third weapon. Um, you know, they, be outside of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they really have not gotten much of anything from the wide receiver group. So I think that is where I would focus some attention now that Geno is back in the fold. Um, and then on defense, kind of again, Puna Ford is a free agent. They're interior defensive linemen. Uh, they're a bit old there with guys like Al Woods. I would also look to add. But I think both of those teams could add defensive line in the draft, maybe in the top ten picks. Um, and then could add a corner or something of that nature or a receiver for Seattle um, with their picks at 18 and 20. So they're in a great spot because they don't have a ton of holes and they have a lot of resources. 
Brad, I know they, they play in a tough conference and there are a lot of sexier names like the Chiefs and the Bills, you know, even the Jets with this Aaron Rodgers rumor, but kind of low-key, the Jaguars kind of stumbled onto something. They get Calvin Ridley back uh, from his year-long suspension. All of a sudden, that wide receiver room, the guys who are catching passes from Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars could be a problem next year. Absolutely. When their division odds dropped at minus 130 on DraftKings, I put an, you know, a large wager on them to win that division. I don't get how that is the line. I think teams are, are, are people are almost betting on Mike Vrabel, and I get that. He's obviously gotten the most out of his roster every year, but I mean, they're clearly in a full-scale teardown mode right now. I think they're going to cut Ryan Tannehill or, or negotiate a, a significant pay cut with him. And maybe if he says no, then they do end up cutting him. He's owed $29 million next year. There's just no way they pay him $29 million in cash. So, yes, it's my favorite division. It's still, I think, only a minus 140 or minus 150. And you don't want to lay, you know, negative odds, you know, and have it sit there for, for a very long time. Um, you know, not a great use of your cash. But I, I think it's the best division bet right now by a mile. Yeah, minus 150 right now at BetMGM. That's Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to go off the board. Paul Aspen's got a foot update. Rex Ryan, are you there? We'll be back. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.